This week will be the yard site of Rav Reuven Magalios, who is Nifter when Zayin Elul Tavshin Lamed Aleph. Rav Reuven Magalios was born in Europe in the city of Lvov, in the city of Lvov, when Zayin Kislev Tavresh Nun. As a child, he learned by people that today are not as well known. He, but he was known as a child prodigy who learned by a fellow, Rav David Tunis. He obviously <coughs> excuse me, was quite bright and was very interested in writing from an early age. He wrote one of the Sfarim that he wrote later in life was called Magolios Hayam, a Sefer in Masecha Sanhedrin. In Magolios Hayam and Daflamid Gimel, he mentions that he wrote a kuntris, he wrote a pamphlet on Choshen Mishpat Simen Chafei at the age of 11 when he was studying by this Reb Davitunis. He remained as a private student of Rabbanim in Lvov and lived in Lvov for quite a while. At the age of 15, his father passed away and Reb Ruven Magolis was married at the age of 18. His wife became ill Sometime later, passed away, and he had no children from this marriage. While he was in Lvov, he had to make a living, and he opened up a bookstore. This bookstore was a different style of a Svarim store that we're that today we're not as familiar with, but I actually had seen such Svarim stores in my youth. It was a Svarim store where people would gather and learn. People would talk to each other, Rabbanim Tamiri Chachamim would come to the city, come into this <coughs> farm store, drink a cup of tea, and sit there and discuss Torah. One of the people who remembered this bookstore, Rav Yitzhak Raphael, the son-in-law of Rav Maimon, the, wrote about this particular bookstore. He said, I don't know if Rav Ruvi Magalis ever sold any books. It was a bookstore which was a center of Merkaz of Torah. Obviously, there was uh, business going on there as well. Rebuven Magolis was a specialist, especially in finding rare svarim and dealing with svarim that were hard to get and to supply them to other people. While he was in Lvov, he also became involved in Mizrahi. He attended Mizrahi conventions and became one of the leaders of the Mizrahi movement. He had a big correspondence with many, many people, including Rav Cook in Eretz Israel. He desired very much to go to Eretz Israel, and he, in 1934 or 35, he did come to Eretz Israel. He was never involved in Rabbanut, in the rabbinate. He did not want to be involved in the rabbinate. Although he was offered positions by Rav Cook as well as others, he said that he wanted to be involved in business. We'll discuss that again later. When he came to Eretz Israel, he went to see Rav Cook. Now, if we remember that 1934 and 1935 is the year, Rav Cook was nifter in 1935 and he was sick. So they relate, Rav Hadari tells the story how Rav Ruven Magalios came to visit Rav Cook, who, although being ill and in bed, made a strong effort to get up and made a bracha shechianu when he saw Rav Ruven Magalios. Of course, the very fact that Rav Kook made such a bracha showed 
his esteem for Rav Ruven Magolios, but also was an interesting halachic issue whether you're supposed to say Shachianu when a person with whom you've had contact only through writing but have never seen before. Rav Ruven Magolios remarried in Eretz Yisrael. He came on Aliyah and did remarry, but unfortunately he had no children from his second wife as well. He went to work in the library in, of which was called the Rambam Library of Tel Aviv. Not only did Rav Ruben Magalis love Svarim so much that he wanted to be surrounded by Svarim, not only did he want to receive a Parnasa, not from Rabbanus, not from being involved in the rabbinate, but he wanted to work for a living, he saw in this work in the library a life's mission. The especially after the Second World War, when he felt that so many Sfarim were lost and so many things were forgotten, he wanted things to be remembered. He wanted to try to get the Sfarim, organize the Sfarim in such a way that they would continue for posterity, live on in posterity. He even collected pictures of Gedolei Israel and thought it was very important that people should see the pictures of Gedolei Israel to remind them of who they were. When people... Uh, certain Hasidic Sherebis refrained from taking their own picture. Rabbi Ruben Magalis would mention that Rabbi Meir Shapiro, the Rav of Lublin, was very insistent upon people taking pictures in order that people should look and see what Gedolim look, looked like. When uh, at the Knesia Gedola, there was a whole discussion whether they should take pictures or not at the first Knesia Gedola, and the Lublin Rav, Rabbi Meir Shapiro, said that of course they should take pictures. And he mentioned the Medrash that when Bnei Yisrael were in Egypt, in Mitzrayim, they remembered the Dudmut Yukno Yaakov. They remembered the image of Yaakov, which, according to the Medrash, helped them maintain their Jewish identity. And Rabbi Meir Shapiro pointed out that when Avram was alive, it wasn't, so, when, it wasn't important to have his picture. When Yitzchak took over, as it were, as being an Av from Avram, as long as there's one of the Avos still alive, you don't need a picture. When Yaakov Ke'ilu took over from Yitzchak, you don't have to have a picture of Yitzchak either. But he said, when Yaakov was Niftar, that's when you need an image of Yaakov. There, is no more, there are no more Avos, and we can only remember Avos. Rabbi Meir Shapiro said, we have to remember the Gedolim, because we don't have Gedolim like that. So we should remember them, even by taking their picture, and, and, and keeping their pictures. And therefore, he tried to convince people to take their pictures. I mentioned before that Rebuvin Magalios did not merit, didn't, did not have children. But his legacy is found in the enormous amount of Svarim, the amount of literature that he left behind. If we would just even mention the publications that were printed by Rebuvin, we wouldn't have time until the end of the broadcast. Recently, a few years ago, a machon was established for the purpose of reprinting and re-establishing the, many of the Svarim of Ravrin Margolios. Many of them are very small monographs on certain topics. For example, he wrote short biographies of many, many people who otherwise would not have been known as well in, within Jewish literature. For example, 
He wrote the, a short biography of the Arachaim HaKadosh, the Reb Chaim Ben Atar. He wrote uh, about the son of the Rambam, Rabbi Avram Ben Arambam, and he even printed some of the tshuvas of Rabbi Avram in that edition. He wrote a small monograph about the Ramban. He wrote and edited an edition of Rabbi Yaakov Mimarvaish, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, who wrote a sefer called Sheilotu Tshivot Men This is the famous book about Tshuvas that this man said he dreamt at night, discussed the issues with Malachim and he printed it. And in the introduction, Rav Ruvain has a tremendously important discussion about the merit, what it means to have Tshuvas that were not based on human endeavor, but rather based on some sort of a, a, a of dreams. And that monograph is extremely important in understanding the relevance of dreams to halacha. He was interested in Hasidic Jews as well, and therefore wrote monographs about many Hasidic people, including, for example, Rav Meir Premishlaner. Besides those monographs, he wrote many, many books about isolated topics. For example, he wrote a little book called Lechekel Sheimot V'Chinuyim Talmud, some sort of a study about certain names and nicknames in the Talmud. But let's get to the main works that he wrote. Not just the smaller monographs, but more central works. Perhaps the two or three most important works, the Sefer that I mentioned before in Sanhedrin, Magolias Hayam, is a Sefer of He'arot, rather short He'arot, on the entire Masechet Sanhedrin. To the best of my knowledge, this is the only Sefer that he wrote really on a Masechet, but it shows unbelievable Bakias. Reb Ruve Magalias was known as the Bucky of the generation. They said about him the phrase, Kol Razlo Anislay. Nothing was missed by him. He, everything, the entire gamut of Torah literature was known by him. His the Sefer that shows his hand, not just in Halacha, but in the world of Machshav, of Kabbalah, was his parish, a tremendous parish in the Zohar. Three volumes were printed called Nitzotze Zohar, his parish on, on the Zohar. He also wrote He'aros on the Shulchan Aruch, which is called Nefesh Chaya. And those He'aros, although they were written a long time ago, in the time of the First World War, were recently reprinted. Much of the information that we have about Rabbi Ruvay Magalas is printed in that, in the introduction of the new edition of the Nefesh Chaya. And as I said, I could go on and on about important Svam he wrote, for example, the Perush on Sefer Hasidim, Mikar Chesed, and it's almost... Uh, impossible to even mention all the books that he wrote. He was a frequent lecturer at Kinus Torah Shabbal and many of his shiurim of Kinus Torah Shabbal were printed in the uh, editions of the of the uh, Kinus Torah Shabbal in, in Mosad Rav Kook. He was a very close friend of Rav Maimon's, who was the the who was the uh, organizer of this Kinus. I wanted to mention a, an interesting uh, point that I thought of a few days ago. When I decided to speak about Ruven Magalias this week, I opened up the Sefer of Magalias Hayam, and I read the introduction. 
he told he tells there about the famous Gemara in Maseches Tanis, where the Gemara tells the story about two people, Ilfa and Rabbi Yochanan. They both decided at one point to go to work, but they were a little hesitant because, after all, they are leaving the world of the Torah to go involved, to get involved in, in a type of work. So, the Gemara relates that Rav Yochanan heard a voice that said, how can you leave the world of Chaye Olam, the world of eternity, to be involved in Chaye Shah and something temporal. And Rav Yochanan went back. And Rabbi Yochanan became the Rosh Hashiva, became the Melech, became the ruler, the Manmalchi Rabbanan. And Ilfa, who although he was known as a great Hamid Chacham, Ilfa was not appointed in, to that position. When Ilfa came back, they mentioned to him that had you not gone to the world of business, but you had stayed in the world of Torah, they would have appointed you to, to be the Melech. You would have been appointed as the head. And Rav Margolios quotes this story and he made a comment. He said, Ilfa did not want to be Melech. Ilfa did not want to be the Rav. Ilfa, who was a great Hamid Chacham, who knew a lot, as we'll point out in a moment, Ilfa wanted to be the person who would be involved in Melacha, in some sort of a business, but Nevertheless, he wanted to show that he was a big Tamit Chacham as well. And the Gemara says at the end, Ilfa got up and he said, anybody who wants to ask me anything about the Tosefta, about the Brysos, about the Mishnayis, I will tell them the answer, I will tell them the sources for it. When I saw this story, I thought, this is what I want to say in this podcast. This is the image that I understand of Rev. Ruve Magalios. A person who was a major Tamid Chacham, a great Baki, but he did not want to enter the world of Rabbanus. Because of reasons for Parnassah, he decided that he's going to go into business, whether it be in Lvov opening up that Svarim store, whether it be later on in life being the librarian of the Rambam Library in Tel Aviv. This is what Rabbi Magalis wanted to do. And this story that he quoted in the introduction to Magalias Ayam was actually a description of his life. Interestingly enough, after I had thought of this by myself, I then attained a copy of the Nefesh Chaya, this new edition that I mentioned, which has an introduction to the biography of Rabbi Magalias. And of all the things they could have written, they chose that same story. And I quote, this was Arav. As a young fellow, he was forced to leave the, the base Medrash, and he had to open his own store, but he always kept all his spare time for learning and for research into Torah. And the same way that Ilfa wrote down all his notes and all his sources, that and which could be used as a source to resolve many issues, so was Rebuvi Magalios. As I said, he had no children, but the amount of Svarim that he left, the amount of literature that we owe to Rebuvi Magalios is almost innumerable. He was Nifter on Zayin Elul Tavshin Lamed Aleph Yehei Zichro 
Baruch, the Machon that was established, will continue to publish these Tzvarim, which are an important nechas, an important property in any Torah library.